0: introducing washington dc's elderly caucus plus are they brainwashing our kids at public schools let's talk about that instead of focusing on winning arguments we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about welcome to the brian Nichols show Well, hey there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. Thank you for joining us on, of course, another fun-filled episode. I am, as always, your humble host, joining you live from our BNC studios here in lovely eastern Indiana and returning to The Brian Nichols Show today to talk all things elderly caucus plus, yes, are they in fact, brainwashing our kids at those public slash government schools returning to the program, Angie Wong. Welcome back to The Brian Nichols Show.
1: Hey, thank you for having me back, Brian. This is like it's been a while.
0: It has. It's it's been a couple of months here since you were last in the show. A lot's kind of changed in the uh, the world. I mean, that seems like a, a an evergreen statement if there ever was one, right? Everything seems to be changing here in the 2020s. Um every every day it seems there's a new breaking news headline um you know the the proverbial walls are closing in on someone it seems at some point uh nowadays it seems that person is joe biden uh, of all of all people the president of the united states a lot of us in the conservative slash libertarian wing of politics did we see that coming of course why everybody else is kind of, you know, oh my gosh, Joe Biden, the man who's pure as snow, he's got corruption laced throughout his entire history and elected office. Say it ain't so. Yeah, it turns out yeah, that is the case, but uh, that's a conversation for a different podcast. Angie, we're excited to have you back here on the show, uh, and I know we, we teased it here, right? We're going to talk about uh, number one, um, this elderly caucus, which I guess Biden is a part of, right? And we see this with the Mitch McConnells, the Nancy Pelosi's of the world, the Chuck Schumer's of the world, uh, but also the idea that they're, they're in fact, trying to brainwash our kids in the uh, the government slash public schooling system. So before we dig into those two topics today, for the audience who maybe did not hear you last time on the Brian Nichols show, do us a favor, uh, reintroduce yourself here to the audience and talk about kind of your role here in the greater conservative political movement.
1: Yeah, well, thank you again for having me, Brian. Uh, so lately, I've returned back into journalism because I was trying to figure out what can I do to help our party this round? In 2024, it's going to be the dirtiest, the ugliest election we've ever seen. In fact, you're going to see things we've never seen in other elections before. Things are getting so heated up. So I asked General Mike Flynn, what can I do? He goes, Angie, do what you've always done. And I've been, you know, I went back into journalism. I was, I was a news uh, editor for a number of years uh, overseas and also here in the U.S., and I went back into writing. So my latest piece for Epoch Times is, I uh, wrote about this, basically the gender affirming care that we're starting to see in our schools. And it is everywhere now, and not just in US schools, but in every school across any first world nation. And I had to ask, like, why? I mean, I'm a parent and I wanted to see what is going on in all of our schools that we're allowing this to happen. And the answer as all, of good journalists do is follow the money. So I followed the money and all the money went to Big Pharma, which no surprise there, but it seems as though that is what is the massive driver here to all of these issues, especially in regards to gender affirming care in our schools. It's confusing our kids. In fact, uh, this past week, Congress just had a hearing about gender affirming care and they brought on a lot of kids that transition to the opposite sex mm-hmm. and now detransitions, transitions and they were all warning us don't do this mm. don't do this because we skipped over a very important part here which is the mental illness of this entire conversation they jumped over that went straight to the puberty blockers and then they went and Puberty blockers are just a gateway to the sex change operations and the drugs and therapies that they offer. So I know we want to get into that, but essentially I went back into journalism and this is what I'm reporting because someone's got to speak about it. Mainstream media is not covering it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and uh, let, let's just kind of dig into this topic, right? Because it's obviously a very um, controversial, but also very Topical conversation to be having right now, especially with how it is being pushed on kids, not just through the government schools, but also through the entertainment channels. Um, For anybody who's a big fan of Mr. Beast out there on YouTube, he's got a hundred plus, I think, you know, a million subscribers for his channel. He is, I think, the largest channel on (laughs) all of YouTube owns the rights to some of the, uh, the 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 most downloaded or watched videos on all of YouTube. So he has one of his uh, his members of his team, Chris Tyson, who who's been on the show since pretty much uh, his his uh, his channel began. And he recently came out as as a, a pro gender affirming care. Uh, you know he, that he was going through uh, hormone replacement therapy, and now he himself has come out as a, a woman. He says and and. I I just kind of, you know, I I take a step back now because Mr. Beast is overtly targeted towards kids. His audience is children. And listen, I'm all about you doing what you want to do in your own personal life. But as soon as what you're doing is now being targeted towards children, the conversation changes. And this is not, again, just happening in the government schooling system. It's happening in our entertainment. It's happening in the culture. So, Angie, talk to us about, you know, going back to that government school, public school uh, issue we're seeing right now where, yes, we do have this, uh, more or less monopoly on the education system that is slowly but surely being broken down by folks like Corey DeAngelis who are promoting the ideas of school choice, but it still exists pretty much as a status quo solution for millions in, of, of Americans out there who have their kids in the, the government schools. So talk to us about, you know, what parents should be paying attention to and really what, what is the, the extent of the indoctrination as it pertains to how government and Big Pharma, as you teased, are are pushing this on our children.
1: Yeah, we have to understand what is happening culturally and how this is being financed, Mm -hmm. right? So these culture wars just don't brew up by themselves, and it's not organic. This particular one is pushed, and there is big money behind these culture wars that are coming through, and it's coming through to our kids and into our schools. And the big reason for all of this is because for the longest time, Big Pharma has been looking for a way to enter our school system. Because once you get kids locked into your drugs and your product, you have a lifelong client. This is a kid who's gonna be taking drugs from the age of five on upwards because if you're talking about something like gender-affirming care, this doesn't stop. These are forever hormone drugs that um, people who transition will have to take because they just don't produce that type of hormone naturally. Um, if you're born a woman or a male to receive the opposite, you're just not going to be generating that naturally. So they have clients for life. And I saw this happening uh, when my own kids were in school where the drug companies would be all over the school counselors and all over the parents for ADHD drugs. I remember seeing this with the little boys in my uh, when my kids were in an elementary school. They were drugging a lot of the boys who were just bouncy little boys. They can't sit there for eight hours a day. Right. So. You know, little Johnny's, you know, misbehaving. He's got an issue. Well, no, let's, you know, it's not because of the class size issue. You have 33 kids to one teacher, and the teacher can't handle it. Oh, no, it's little Johnny's fault because he just can't, you know, control himself. So let's drug him up. And I saw so many little boys go from first grade to second, third grade where they were zombies. They literally went from bouncing off the wall to, like, almost, like, you know, drugged out. Their eyes were drooping. The, the drones. They, they're drones. Right, they were, and it was so sad to see. And it's a lot of it is we took away the PE programs and all those programs that allow kids to run around and be kids.
0: Tech, so, to, tech, technology that used to be one of the best hands-on activities for a lot of those energetic boys, a lot yes. of that is being removed from classrooms as well.
1: Yes. So, and we're being they're being replaced by meta-type things like uh, you know the the arts and more theater. Those programs are. Well supported, especially in the school that my kids were in, uh, in the West Village in New York City. I'm all happy and fine about that, but it just does not cater to, uh, you know, all kids. And I think that's where the real problems are. And we didn't address the real problems, which really are the uh, the class sizes. Mm. It was just, there's no funding for it, and the teachers cannot control all these children. So. I bring that up because later on we graduated to a new problem that may or may not have been self created, right? Remember, it's like you have a product that you want to push, which is uh, hormone therapy. And then why don't, why don't we create the problem where, you know, we have, the mass amount of people taking this new drug, right? So that's what I'm starting to see. And that's the story that I'm chasing right now is how much influence the drug companies have with these influencers who are kids are, you know, they're watching their iPads all day long and they're seeing this stuff. My own daughter who is right there at that kind of pre-puberty age, you know, I'm starting to see what's happening. They get, they're getting kids, when their bodies are changing and they're a little bit confused about it. They don't really like it because you know, all kids go through that. When you're like eight, nine, 10, 11 years old, when your body's changing, you don't know what's going on. It's not because they want to be the opposite sex. It's because they're confused and things are happening and you know, you want to be a parent and do the right thing. Unfortunately, that narrative got switched out and a new narrative came on and say, well, maybe you'd be happier as a boy or maybe be happier as a girl. And we have a way of doing that. Um, you know, so Chloe Cole, who is a very well-known D transitioner came out in Congress this week and said, I wish my parents knew what was going on. I wish my school counselors knew what was going on. It wasn't because I wanted to go from girl to boy. It was just because I was embarrassed. I was growing breasts and things were weird and men were looking at me funny. We didn't address those issues. We just went okay let's just chop off her breasts let's give her you know hormone drugs let's turn her into a boy instead because that's really what's going on with her so you know as a parent i'm going whoa how are we going to navigate an entire generation around this because you're getting hit in every which way you're getting hit at the schools you're getting hit on youtube you're getting hit on tiktok i don't know what to do and it's it's i can imagine other parents being equally frustrated
0: it's it's a situation where we're finding ourselves, I think, as a society at a crossroads, right? Where are, are we going to continue to address the symptoms or are we going to address the root of the problem, right? And and this kind of goes back to what we talk about from the Brian Nichols show perspective. We, we look at the world through a lens of sales, right? Like everything in life is sales. You're selling yourself, an idea, a product, a solution, your politics, and in this case we're trying to to solve a problem right and 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 we 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 have to reverse engineer is how did that problem start and too often politicians are incentivized to to solve air quote very loosely on the word solve the symptoms of the problem to create the illusion that they have actually gone out and and fixed whatever the the problem is, only to not only have that problem fester and then come back as a problem even worse than it was before years down the road, but maybe cause other problems unintentionally, unintended consequences in other areas that that were as a result of trying to fix the, again, the the symptom versus actually going to the root of the problem. So I think, you know, again, going back to we being at a crossroads, are we going to continue as a society to only address these symptoms or are we actually going to, take the, the, uh, the sometimes difficult steps, and that is addressing the underlying root of where this is all coming from. Angie, what are your kind of thoughts there from my little uh, rant?
1: Uh, I saw something this week in Congress when when Congresswoman Kate McCormick was out speaking about this and trying to basically defund uh, Congress from from giving money to kids and to medical professions mm-hmm. Basically, do the sex change on young children. Um, we had a bunch of Democrats who walked out of the hearing room. They didn't want to hear it, <laughs> they just walked out. So that tells me that they're getting finance from big pharma. They're getting money from there. It's not because they care about your kids. It's not because they really, really care about, you know, transgender kids. It's because they couldn't be seen in that room. If they're also receiving money from the drug companies, right? Or they, that's their silent protest. So it tells me in order to do this, you have to start regulating the drug companies. You have to get them out of our schools and you have to get them off our social media. They're causing, the problem and again it's not because they care about kids who want to actually transition and I believe there is a segment of of people who do they just want to sell you their drugs as you say, your show is all about marketing and following money and seeing where this goes this is a crisis that they've created. And it's a crisis that they've been able to push through all the channels and pathways that they already have carved out, which is in Congress, which is with our teachers unions, which is even with our schools, you have well meaning school counselors who really are there to help kids. Um, But meanwhile, the kids are hearing this message on their iPads when they get home about, you know, like, maybe life would be better if I was a boy or a girl and it's always the same awful message which is and I hate this because uh, the message is would you rather have a transgender kid or a dead kid and that is what we've been hearing over and over again as parents it's like if you don't uh, transition your kid your kids more likely to commit suicide Um, that has been the rhetoric that has been pushed out onto parents. So what does a parent do? We don't, you know, obviously we don't want our kids to harm themselves. So, um, this is scary because what we're seeing now is not just a problem within the household. The government has now stepped into being a parent. So if let's say my daughter comes to me and says, okay, I want to transition and she tells uh, someone at school or she tells a counselor or someone, you know, in a counseling center. And I don't go along with that. If I'm in the state of uh, California and I don't allow her to transition, the state takes her away.
0: Mm-hmm. You're the bad and, guy.
1: Yeah. And and you have you're, you're going to start seeing that in every state now. Any Democratic state, you're going to start seeing that. And And the judges are all on board with this as well you know, if I'm not going to sign that parental uh, release to let her start taking puberty blockers and sex changing drugs, the judge will sign it on your behalf. Mm -hmm. And there are safe houses for these kids as well. And there's a whole network where these kids can go. So I, I've completely lost control of my kid now. And we're not even talking teenage years, we can go as young as like eight, nine, 10 years old. Now, Gavin Newsom wants to potentially run for president. You want this to be in every single state. You want this to be a federal program. That's where we're headed. That's where they want to go. And again, none of this is about caring for your children. It's all about this new cocktail of drugs that we can push on the youngest patients we can find.
0: Oh, yep. You hit the nail on the head there, Angie. And by the way, you teased our next segment, which is looking at uh, you know why Gavin Newsom would be wanting to consider running for president and that is because yeah the elderly caucus taking over Washington D.C. here in 2023 but before we get there I'm going to go ahead and <laughs> give a shout out to today's sponsor and that is Cardio Miracle. Now folks I am a big fan of Cardio Miracle. Uh, I've been using it now for about a month and a half and I have nothing but amazing positive things to say. Um, for Experience and performance you've always dreamed and become the most energized active version of yourself. How? Because Cardio Miracle fuels your body with the nutrients it needs for peak performance allowing you to push your limits and reach new heights whether you're crushing it at the gym conquering the trails or simply chasing your daily goals cardio miracle has your back with supported energy and performance and if you are a listener here on the brian Nichols show audience and you want to go ahead and take part of the cardio miracle we'll head to the show notes click the link it'll bring you over to cardiomiracle.com where you will get 15% off your order if you you use that link, or if you're listening to the show and you just go to cardomiracle.com, use code TBNS at checkout for that 15% discount. 53 homemade bioavailable nutrients in one serving and by the way if you are not at all impressed with the amazing outcomes you will experience with cardio miracle 100 money back guarantee one more time link in the show notes brian show.com cardio miracle use code tbns at checkout all right angie let 's talk about the elderly caucus. This is a, a term you uh, coined here before we kicked things off here on the uh, the program today as we uh, we're getting ready to map things out for our conversation and man, if that does not exemplify what we are currently looking at in terms of leadership on on in, or rather on behalf of our our elected officials and you look on both sides of the aisle right on the left you have Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer. On the right, you have folks like Mitch McConnell, who uh, who just had a a very scary health episode during a press conference here at the end of last week, uh, and and plus all the other old fuddy-duddies there in the GOP. Um, Talk to us, Angie. Oh, there we go. Talk to us, Angie. What do you you think right now when you're looking at all these elected officials in, in D.C., with them being so old, where does this leave you know such a, a vast you know chasm between where they are and where your average American is?
1: Yeah, so let me read you some stats. The do. average age of Congress in in, in the Senate is sixty four years old. That is the average age of a senator right now in the U.S. Congress, and in the House of Representatives, fifty eight. Which I actually think it, that's okay. You know, 58, you know, he's still kind of sprightly. Um, I got to just, I just got to give a shout out to my very good friend who is 73 years old today. So I have lots of great friends who are still completely with it up here. They're, you know, up there in age. You know, I know 73 is the new 25, <laughs> but, you know, um, I will tell you, watching Diane Feinstein getting wheeled into congress in and you know in a wheelchair she's like you know she's pale as a ghost she doesn't know how to vote anymore she had to have her aides remind her literally say just say
0: i <laughs> her brain is broken angie
1: it's no it's so i think it should be the elderly and mentally challenged caucus right and and you need those kind of you need those kind of catchphrases in order for the news to pick it up because if you're just gonna say oh old people age limit all this stuff yeah we've heard it all before you have to have catchphrases so that the news media will pick up things like okay mentally challenged or you know uh the elder caucus we need those unfortunate labels but that's really what we have here we have Um, elderly and mentally unfit people in our Congress making laws for our future okay and I and I, I these are really really stressful times because we have down the pipeline you have laws coming out about artificial intelligence you have laws controlling our social media you have laws that really will resonate not just with our generation but our children's generation meanwhile you know, I can't imagine Diane Feinstein even able to write an email by herself without her aides, right? How is she able to represent us properly? Remember what district she's from? She's from Silicon Valley, right? This is where she's representing in that state, and it's like, wow how are you able to write laws that you probably don't understand at this point point? and that's not just an ageism thing that is just a mental capacity thing um, and same thing with John Fetterman I mean that uh, <laughs> I, I I just don't know uh, like I don't want to be rude and I don't want to be mean but you know the guy can't read off a screen or even speak properly how is he able to be a lawmaker at this very moment um I, I really feel like we need some stop measures here we need this is not even extreme stuff right like if if my grandmother uh can't see she can't drive she's not going to get our you know her driver's license renewed uh if i can't do my job properly because i can't speak or i don't know what's going on or anything you get fired that's how it works in the real world these guys They can't do their jobs anymore, whether it be age or mental fitness, they can't do their jobs, they cannot make laws or write laws or propose laws even so who's really behind all this it's their aides that's the only people who actually want them there.
0: Angie, Angie, we could keep going, um, but I think your the audience gets it, right? Like they they look at these elected officials who are obviously on their way out, right? And this is not trying to be, you know, it's crass. It's just reality. Like these are elderly individuals who normally, in any other situation in life, they would not be put in positions of power. They'd be put frankly, in a nursing home. Um, And I try to say that kindly. But uh, with that being said, uh, we are unfortunately already hard pressed for time. So uh, let's go towards final thoughts today. If uh, you wouldn't mind, Angie, I'll let you go ahead and uh, wrap things up for us today. What What would you say is something you want the audience to take away from today's episode? But also, if you would, uh, let us know where folks can go ahead and continue the conversation should they want to reach out afterwards.
1: Yeah, no, I want to hear what your audience has to say about all of the things that we discussed today, especially the gender-affirming cares. I really want to hear from parents. I want to know what you're hearing in the schools, how you're navigating your children around this, because it's everywhere now. It's really saturated the parent, school, children market. Um, And you can reach me. I'm on Twitter. Uh, You can get me at Angie Wong. That's hopefully easy and simple to remember, at Angie Wong. That's my Twitter handle. Oh, are we calling it Twitter anymore? Is it X? It's I don't X, even know yeah. what the new branding is. I can't call it X. What do you call a tweet? Like it just, uh, it just. I'm just going to keep talk, calling it a tweet until someone really wants to correct me. And you
0: can't call it uh, X. That's just weird.
1: It's just not a verb. Yeah. It's just not a verb, guys. I don't know. I know Elon Musk wants to put everything under the X label because he's got some big plans of turning everything into big WeChat-like platform so i get that um but also like with the elderly care look sorry not elderly elderly care elder i always called it elder abuse oh my <laughs> goodness it's the elder caucus um, you know my final thoughts on that is we need some young people to run people who understand what's going on in this world today to make laws for the future and i'm happy to assist in that um, i'm happy to talk all day long about policy i just want someone who understands what's going on um i'm not going to even bother with the age limit issue because there's clearly look at donald trump he's pushing 80 and he's smart as a whip he's not going to go anywhere with that Uh, and there's plenty of bright people there it's not about that but i think we do need to vote in some younger generation and the next generation will understand the issues that are being faced today that are pressing so i i urge your young uh, viewers, to consider running for public office.
0: Angie, thank you for joining us. Always a great conversation. And folks, if you got some value from today's conversation, you know the drill. Go ahead, give today's episode a share. When you do, please tag yours truly at B Nichols Liberty. Yeah, Facebook and X, Twitter. We don't know. Uh, Angie, one more time, where, where, what's the handle for folks to go ahead and follow you?
1: Yeah, follow me at Angie Wong. Just that, Angie Wong on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I'm also on Instagram and Facebook and all of the social media. So you just come find me. This is The Face. Hope to see you there.
0: Perfect. And, folks, uh, speaking of seeing The Face, yes, you can uh, catch... All the uh, the audience here on the Brian, or rather the audience, all the guests here on the Brian Nichols Show's face over on our YouTube Rumble and Sovereign Pages YouTube. Do me a favor, hit that like button and a little notification bell so you don't miss a single time we go live. And if you have not subscribed yet, of course, hit the subscribe button while you're here. And by the way, if you are joining us on Sovereign, Ben Swan's organization, S-O-V-R-E-N, uh, well, congratulations. You're seeing today's episode before anybody else as a Sovereign exclusive. That's my gift to you for supporting independent media. And if you want to go ahead and support independent media like Ben Swan Sovereign, head over there, sign up. And, of course, hit subscribe to The Brian Nichols Show. And, yes, we are a podcast. So head over to your favorite podcast catcher, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube Music, or something else. Uh, and, and, frankly, do yourself a favor. Hit not just the uh, the subscribe button, but also download all unplayed episodes. We have 750-plus episodes here of The Brian Nichols Show. Start at episode one. Go to episode 750. I promise you, Each guest will leave you educated, enlightened, and informed, including a a guest appearance by Angie in one of those uh, previous 750 episodes. But uh, otherwise, uh, with that being said, if you are joining us on the YouTubes, well, stick around. I'm going to go ahead and include Angie's conversation with us last time here on the program. That'll be popping up right about here. Uh, So go ahead, click that. But other than that, uh, folks, if you, again, enjoy the episode, please give it a share. But that's all I have for you. Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for Angie Wong. We'll see you next time.